morning. I'd like to welcome you to Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. What a special day it is. This is a day the Lord has made. We rejoice and are glad in it. But I'm so grateful that we are beginning this service with Believer's Baptism. And what a wonderful day it is as these have come making their public professions of faith in Christ, following through Believer's Baptism. I'm so grateful today that Emma Kyle comes to be baptized. Emma always asks everyone that enter into these waters as Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So thankful today that Ross Luking comes to be baptized. Ross recently was at a Christian youth camp and gave his life to Christ, and today he's following through Believer's Baptism. Ross, I ask you, as I did him, as Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Bless you. Proud of you. So grateful today that Jeremiah Ratliff comes to be baptized. Jeremiah, we're so very proud of you. He's been waiting a year for this baptism, gave his life to Christ last year, I believe, at VBS. We're so proud of you, Jeremiah, and I ask you, as I did the others, as Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So grateful today that Phoenix Jones comes to be baptized. Phoenix, we're so very proud of you as well on your recent decision to invite Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Phoenix, I ask you as I did the others, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? And upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So thankful that Jeremy Cartwright comes to be baptized today. It was my privilege this morning to meet with Jeremy and his family in my office. And it was there that Jeremy asked Jesus Christ to come into his heart to be his Lord and his Savior. And Jeremy, we're so proud of you and know this is just the beginning of a long life lived for Jesus. And I ask you as I did the others, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Yes. 
that upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. God, what a glorious day this is. Lord, I just celebrate, we celebrate these baptisms, these names that have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And Father, may this act of obedience be an encouragement to others who are here that need to make the same commitment, a symbol of our faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, if there are others here today that have never accepted you, may this be the day of salvation for many. And Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would just be thick in this place through the music and through the time of fellowship, through your word and through this time of worship. But God, we just know the angels are rejoicing in heaven over these decisions. And we just give you praise from whom all blessings flow. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. 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 Thank you. What a beautiful way to begin our service with believers' baptism. We have several others that are waiting to be baptized in the creek, but we didn't want them to get swept away today. So uh, we've had to postpone that, but we'll reschedule that so we can get over to the creek and continue those baptisms. But thank you for worshiping with us today. We are so glad you're here, all of you. And those of you who have joined us by live stream, we welcome you as well. And we pray that everybody in this room and everybody that's watching today will feel God's presence as we worship him in spirit and in truth. I want you to take a minute to greet those around you and let them know you're glad they're here and then we're going and join together in singing Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. sing together this beautiful hymn, Blessed Assurance. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory.
team leads us this morning.
death of a spouse brings a unique kind of pain. I didn't have energy to do anything. I didn't care if I made dinner or ate or whatever. I didn't fit in anymore with the group of couples. I had no idea how I was going to face the future. If you feel like you're alone in your grief, be encouraged that you are not. Whatever you're facing, others have faced it too. And at a loss of a spouse event, there are people waiting to help. At a loss of a spouse event, you'll learn what to expect in the weeks and months after your spouse's death, and how to survive the loneliness. Loss of a Spouse features video interviews with seven respected Christian counselors, psychologists, and pastors, plus the inspiring stories of widowed people who've learned how to rebuild their lives. And if you know people who are grieving the death of a spouse, invite them to come to this life-changing event. It's in talking about your circumstances with other people that you begin to understand your situation better. That helps you process your grief. For more information, talk with your pastor or grief share leader. Want to remind you on August the 8th, we will have a loss of a spouse, spouse time of support. Uh, and we would invite you to come and be a part of this very uh, important ministry. And you would all be welcome to be a part. Every week we gather to pray because we have so much to be thankful for, as well as so many needs in our lives. And and I know there are those of you here today that are celebrating victories in your life. There are many of you who are here today and you're going through defeat in your life and pain and suffering and confusion and questions and doubt and fear. And know that God is able to meet you and me right where we are. And that's a beautiful thing. God promises to always be with us, that you're not forgotten, you're not forsaken. And maybe God is getting ready to do something new, something special, something great in your life. And if you feel led by the Holy Spirit to come join me at this altar, you can kneel, you can stand, you can pray from where you are. For those of you worshiping with us online, wherever you might be, you can join us for a time of prayer. But I invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? pray together. God, what a great day this is. We already celebrate, God, these that have given their hearts and lives to you and followed through with believers' baptism and many others, God, who are awaiting baptism. Father, bless them, I pray, and bless their families that they would encourage them. And Father, may we all pray for them and encourage them as they begin this spiritual journey for eternity, we give you all praise, God, for your faithfulness. And God, we lift up others who are at this altar or praying from their seats or 
wherever they may be worshiping today, God, may they feel your presence. I know, God, we have people hurting and grieving. Father, we pray for Greg and Angie McGahee and the loss of Greg's dad and ask that they might feel your comfort and your love and their loss. Father, we continue to pray for Dee Deppenbrock and her family and the loss of her mother, Betty Lance, and ask that they might feel your peace and your comfort and your strength. Father, we pray for so many that are battling some form of sickness or illness or going through treatments. God, would you be the great healer and the great physician and heal them if it be your will that you would be glorified and that people would be saved as a result of your divine power. Father, our hearts are so heavy today for all those folks in eastern Kentucky who have lost loved ones because of this flood. And Father, for others that are still in harm's way, protect them, God. And Father, may they feel your presence because you promised to be with us in the flood and through the fire. And Father, I pray that somehow, some way, you might be glorified even through this terrible tragedy and that people might come to Jesus. God, the more I live each day, I, I realize none of us are exempt from hardship. You told your disciples, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Thank you that through Christ we overcome and we have victory. And Father, I pray for people today that are battling addiction, that need deliverance, for people battling depression or anxiety or paralyzed by fear, or people, God, that are struggling in a marriage relationship, or maybe it's a work situation or a financial crisis. God, we know that you're able measurably more than we can ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. Your power. Help us, Lord. And Father, I pray today if there are people here and they've never given their heart and life to Jesus, that this would be the day we would quit putting off and making excuses and waiting on this or waiting on that. We're not promised tomorrow. So may we do what we need to do today while we have life and breath. Father, I thank you for this loving church and for your Holy Spirit that's in this place. We commit it to you, Lord, and ask that you would continue to sing through the choir and play through our instrumentalists. Father, that you would speak to us through your word and through your servant. And may we all be changed to be more like Jesus in whose strong and holy and powerful name I pray, amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5? And as you're doing that, I'm grateful for our choir 
And instrumentalists that will be coming to lead us, thank you all for being here today. And we hear you prayerfully after the reading of God's Word. We're going to read one verse that probably will be very familiar to many of you, but it's a powerful verse that I pray speaks to all of us. Verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone. The new is here. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Amen. Thank you for that beautiful reminder of God's great faithfulness. God is faithful, isn't he? We're the ones that many times are not faithful to him, but he's always faithful to you and to me. So praise God for that. I always like to share a little humor to get you ready to, to hear some more important things. But maybe you all heard the story about the elderly couple that were in church one Sunday when the the wife leaned over to her husband and she said, I don't know what to do. My, my stomach is silently rumbling and grumbling and I don't know what to do. And the husband looked at his wife and he said, first thing you need to do is get new batteries for your hearing aids. <laughs> my stomach was silently. She didn't know that everybody could hear the rumbling in the ground. Okay. Have you ever said to someone or someone has maybe even said this to you, they will change. Always been this way and they always will be that way. Have you ever had someone to say that or you've said that to someone or someone said that to you, you'll never change. You've always been that way. You've always acted that way. And, and I know you're always going to be that way. You're always going to act that way. Or, or maybe you've said yourself, I would like to change. I've tried to change, but I cannot seem to do what I need to do to make the changes I know that I need to make. You know, through the years, I've had many people to talk to me, and they've made promises to their spouses that they're going to change. They've made promises to their children that they're going to change. They've made promises to God, I'm going to change. And for a short time, they do. And then next thing you know, boom, they're right back to the way they were before, doing the same things, acting the same way, talking the same way, treating people the same way, doing the things that they said, I'm going to change. And maybe that's you today. You know there are some changes that you need to make. And I pray that before this service is over that God's going to help you make these changes, these needed changes in your life. In our passage of Scripture today, we see Paul writing the church at Corinth that had been infiltrated with some false teachers. And these false teachers were accusing Paul of some things. They were attacking his authority as an apostle and his authority or his personal integrity. And the reason they were attacking because there was some money that had been collected for some of the stricken Jews and, and they were accusing Paul of pocketing some of that money. Because he changed the itinerary they said he couldn't be trusted. And Paul reminded them that his integrity was honorable when he was in their midst. Even though they were slandering his name and, and saying all kinds of, of terrible things about him, he said, look, my record speaks for itself. You know me, and you know that I've been honorable among you. And then he also wanted them to understand that his life transformation of salvation was 
that if you shared that Jesus could save you, then you can count on it that Jesus can save you. And in this section of this passage of Scripture that I read this morning, Paul is trying to reiterate God's great love for not only the Corinthians, but for you and me as well. He reminds us of the great sacrifice that Jesus died for all. And he challenges them to believe in that God loved them so much. And as a result, then we should be inspired to live for him who is willing to die. He was trying to look. there's no greater And because of what Jesus did for us, we need to live our lives in a way for glory and honor. So today, the verse that we shared, some of you all probably know it by memory. Therefore, if anyone, it's a beautiful verse, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old is gone, the new has come, or the new is here. Isn't that a beautiful verse? But it says, if anyone is in Christ, what does it mean if anyone is in Christ? To be in Christ means that we must have faith through him, through Christ. We make a commitment to him. That we love him, that we live for him. I want to ask you today, are you in Christ or what are you into? Are you in Christ? Because if you are in Christ, your life is going to be totally different than the rest of the world. You are going to be transformed if you are in Christ. So many times people expect God to work in their life when they are in the world or, or into doing this or into doing that and they wonder why their life is not being blessed. And why can't I ever change? We are never going to change when you keep doing the same thing over and over again. And we must be going to change. And how do we do this Through God. We are given so much we can change. First, if you're serious about change, if you mean it, you really do want to change. I want to change the way I act, the way I treat people, the way I talk, the things I really mean it. I really want to change. Then it must be first by the way of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that when we accept Christ into our lives, that the Holy Spirit comes inside of us? You can't make these changes on your own strength. The Holy Spirit comes inside of us and gives us the strength to do what we cannot do on our own. You can look in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. If we live by the Spirit and Him who raised Jesus from the dead, who raised Christ from the dead will also give to your bodies through the Spirit which lives in you. When we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in us and allows us to 
change those things that we cannot do on our own. That's why Paul said in Philippians 4.13, what? I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And so if you want to see change take place in your life, you can't do it on your own strength. I was driving down the road just the other day, and I heard a pastor on the radio, and he was saying, did you know that every battle that God's people fought in the Old Testament, they lost when they tried to do it on their own strength. But for every battle that they did it on God's strength, they won. So every battle, everything that you try to do on your own strength, you're going to fail. We're going to be defeated. But we do it through the strength and the power of Almighty God. We're going to be successful. And when you think about that as a passage of Scripture I shared a couple of Sundays ago out of John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he or they will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Did you know when the Holy Spirit comes in us and we stay close to the vine, then those fruits of the Spirit that we share so often out of Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Those fruits begin to develop, but when we try to do it on our own strength, then we're going to fail. But those fruits are developed when we stay in, we abide in the vine. Are you abiding in the vine? Are you in Christ? If you are in Christ, these fruits should be known and should be growing all the time. We're not complete, but we're Christians under construction. We're works in progress. If we're going to change, it's got to be by the way of the Holy Spirit working inside of us. You know how we do that? By prayer. We pray. We pray and ask for an indwelling of his spirit. Look in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Paul said, and pray in the spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That goes back to we don't have the strength to battle the battles that we go through. We pray in the spirit. He has the strength that we don't have. We pray in the spirit that God would do what we cannot do. You pray and ask him, help me. I need you. Strengthen me. Empower me. Guide me. The Holy Spirit not only empowers us, but guides us to make the right decisions, convicts us when we make the wrong decisions. And so know today, if we really want to change, we've got to ask for his strength and power to come in us. A couple of Sundays ago, we were eating lunch at Panera Bread on the other side of town. And while I was in line to order at Panera, I saw a guy out of the corner of my eye. We were standing here, the guy out of the corner of my eye, I saw him walking toward the line, and I kind of glanced over, took a double, double take, and he looked a little rough around the edges. And he looked vaguely familiar to me. I... I didn't know if I knew him, but I kind of looked and looked back, and our eyes caught each other. 
And out of the blue, he said, I said, hello, and he said, hey. I said, how are you? He said, not so good, but I'm going to get better. He goes, would you pray for me? I didn't know if he knew I was a pastor, if I had known him from the past. And I said, what's going on? He said, I'm getting ready today to go to Louisville for rehab. He said, pray for me. And I said, man, I will. I asked his name, and right there in the line, waiting for my duet of tomato soup and grilled cheese, <laughs> I prayed with him that God would deliver him from his addiction and set him free. And you know what? God has the power to do that. He has the power and authority to set the captive free. I, I pray I'll get an opportunity to talk to him again, but it was right there in line. That just shows you that there are people everywhere, all around us, if we are spiritually sensitive to those around us. There are people in need all around us who need to change. So if you are serious about change and if anyone is in Christ, then the Holy Spirit is in you. If anyone is in Christ, then we are a new creation. And the second way we change is by the Word of God. It's by the Word of God. Don't expect to change if you never pick up this book. Did you know that Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness? Did you get that? Basically, it can straighten our lives out. And if you wonder, if, is this right or is this wrong or should I do this or should I not do that? Then read God's Word. It's pretty clear on what's right and what's wrong and what we should do and what we shouldn't do, how we should act and how we should not act, how we should treat people and how we should not treat people. That's in God's Word. And I pray that you would be in God's Word. I, I think about the... Very first Psalm, Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the one who does not walk in line with the wicked or stand in the same way that sinners stand or sit in the seat of mockers. But this one delights themselves in the law of God and meditates on that law day and night. So if you want to have real change, then we must, first of all, read God's Word, memorize God's Word, meditate on God's Word, and apply God's Word to our lives. We don't read it just for reading's sake. We read it so that it would change us, to transform us. We need God's Word because it is alive and sharper than any double-edged sword and we need his word in our lives. I, I read the humorous story about a converted cannibal on an island in the South Seas who was sitting beside a large pot reading his Bible when an anthropologist comes by and asks this native, what is it you're doing? And this reformed cannibal said, I'm reading the Bible. The anthropologist said, 
Did you not know that the modern and civilized world has found that book to be untrue and that it is just filled with nothing but lies and you are just wasting your time reading that book? And that native looked at that anthropologist from head to toe, up and down, and said, Sir, if it weren't for this book, you would be in that pot right now. <laughs> you see, God's Word had changed this man, and it had changed his appetite. And honestly, when we read God's Word, it will change our appetite that we would hunger more after God than hungering more after the world and its ways. Our appetite changes. And I hope and pray today that you would be changed by the Word of God. But then lastly, we are changed by worshiping with other believers, by worshiping with other believers. That's the family of God. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We just witness baptism. If you want to identify with the body of Christ, then baptism is a part of our identity in Christ. In the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. Did you get that? That Jesus said we are to baptize in the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We baptize to identify with the body of Christ. Jesus himself was baptized. Jesus was perfect. He was without sin. But you remember in Matthew chapter 3, he asked John the Baptist to baptize him. And do you remember that after Jesus came up, the Holy Spirit came and set on him or lit on him like a dove, and he heard the voice of God his Father say, this is my son whom I love, and I am well pleased. And I think, you know what? If it pleased God for Jesus to be baptized, it's pleasing to God that we should be baptized. It identifies us with the body of Christ. Of course, my fingers have been swollen, and this finger has been broken. And you all remember, I've, I've had two surgeries on this finger, now surgery on this finger all for the love of the game. But I, I used to have a wedding band that I wore on this finger. I had it resized. And, and then finally my wife bought me a rubber ring that would fit over this joint that they've got, an artificial joint in it. It's been swollen. I haven't even been able to wear the rubber ring. But do you know why I wear a wedding ring when I'm able to wear a wedding ring? to show that I am committed to my wife, that I love my wife. It's an outward symbol of our commitment. 
when we are baptized, it's an outward symbol of our love and our commitment to Jesus Christ. It lets a watching world know that we're on his team. We're on God's side. I identify with the body of Christ. And this is how we relate that to a watching world. So baptism is so important in our time of worship. Fellowship. In Acts chapter 2, 42, that passage we share so many times, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. We had many opportunities for us to fellowship together in corporate worship, that we fellowship together on Wednesday night at the meal, that we pray together, that we study God. They're devoted to God's Word, studying together, Sunday school, Bible study, discipleship, small groups. And then if you would read on that they met together on a daily basis, they loved being together. That identifies again us with the body of Christ. I've shared this story before. An elderly gentleman was almost completely deaf and, and almost totally blind, and he would come into church with his walker and, and people having to help him and guide him. And one young person said to him one time, Oh man, it's so hard for you. Why do you do it? He said, I want everybody to know whose side I'm on. Even though he couldn't hear, he couldn't see, he wanted the world to know he was on God's side. But then we also worship by the way that we serve one another. In Romans chapter 12, verses 5 and 6, it said, For we who are in Christ, we form one body, and all the members belong to each other. And in verse 6, it says, We all have different gifts according to the grace given to us. After God starts changing us, then we don't just say, I'm happy, I'm going to go isolate myself at my house. We're to serve others. What can I do to help someone else? Now, I want to give an update. Some of you all are still bringing in your peanut butter. You know, I challenged you a couple of Sundays ago. We had, what, like 400 and something at that time or, or 600. And I said, we're trying to reach 1,000. Well, Janice Williams reported to me last night or yesterday we've been collecting peanut butter for the Waves of Mercy ministry that feeds hungry people in Haiti. We've collected over 1,435 jars of peanut butter. <laughs> and over $500 donated to pay for the shipping and there are people still bringing peanut butter in today. We've got peanut butter coming out of our ears. <laughs> but praise God, that's God's love in action. You are serving, thinking about other people, not just what can you do for me, but what can I do for the Lord and do for others. That's part of a change. You see, Jesus said, if anyone would come after me in Luke 9, 23, they must first deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. We can't be selfish and follow Jesus at the same time. We can't just think about self. If anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. When we baptize, it's symbolic. We are buried in Romans 6. We are buried with Christ in baptism. Symbolic that the old person is being buried. The old person has died. That's what Paul said in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live. But Christ Jesus now lives in me. And buried with Christ in baptism, we rise to walk in newness of life. And it also means when we die on this old earth one day, we're going to be in heaven forever and ever. If you think this, that this is all there is, then you're mistaken. This, we haven't seen nothing yet. <laughs> and so this is the beginning of a new life. So we serve, but then we also worship and the family believers. You all hold on, we're almost done. I heard some of y'all grumbling silently in your stomach just a moment ago. <laughs> we hold each other accountable. That's why we come to church. To, to love God, we love others, but then we hold one another accountable. In Hebrews 3.13, therefore let us encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Did you hear that? Let us encourage one another daily so that none of you will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You know, I've, I've seen through the years that when people start drifting away from God and his church, they get into a lot of trouble. And then you say, I don't understand why my life is falling apart. And I've asked people, are you reading your Bible? No. Are you praying? No. Have you been coming to church? What are you doing for us? No. Look, I just shared in the prayer, in this world, Jesus said, you will have trouble. But listen, you have a whole lot more trouble when you're living without him. We have enough anyway, but we have a strength and a power in us that will help us to overcome. I, I had the privilege this last week of meeting with some folks and I'm so grateful that God's been bringing some new folks into this church. They've said very nice things about this church home and church family. And I met with one person this past week that the Holy Spirit was even in our meeting and they said they love coming to this church and they invite their friends to come to this church. And this is a younger person. And they said, I didn't them to experience what I've been experiencing. I have to tell you that touched my heart and moved me. That they invite their friends when they could be doing a million other that they want to be in God's house, worshiping and growing closer to the Lord. Shouldn't that be what we all desire? We should all desire to be in God's house, worshiping, growing in our relationship with Him. Isn't it time to make the change you need to make? Some of y'all have been spinning your tires, living like you've been living, talking about people, making fun of people, slandering people, 
doing things you know that are not glorifying to God, hurting family members, harboring anger, unforgiveness, resentment, pride, guilt. You've been spinning those tires over and over. Aren't you ready to get all that out of your life? Aren't you ready to have a new start today? If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old ways that I've gotten rid of, I've repented. That means change of mind, change of heart, change of... I've stopped doing these things. Behold, everything is new. It's a new start. It's a new beginning. And I don't know about you. I, I'm excited about what God is doing and what he still has up ahead. And I trust that today if you're here and you're wanting to change and you've told your wife or you've told your husband or you've, uh, young person, you've told your parents or, or parent, you've told your child or family member, you've told someone, I'm ready to change. Why not today? Why not today? And here's the thing, you don't have to do it on your own strength. The Holy Spirit will help you. All you have to do is trust in the Lord. Give your heart and life to him. Say, Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. But I believe you died to save me of my sin. I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me. I love you, Jesus, and I'm going to begin to, to live for you. I'm going to be in Christ. If you can pray that and mean it today, you'll be saved. Our faith is what saves us. The baptism, again, is the outward symbol of what God is already doing in our heart and life. Aren't you ready to do that? Even now, you can change with God's help as we pray. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there's a man or woman or young person here or someone watching that have never given their heart and life to Jesus. They're not in Christ, or maybe they're partly in Christ and partly in the world. They're straddling the fence. When they're at church, they're okay. When they're out in the world, they're not okay. Oh, God, I pray today that they would choose this day whom they would serve. And I pray it would be Jesus, because we know the end of the story. He's the victor. We are more than conquerors through Christ. Lord, I pray if there are others here today and they've drifted away and they're a Christian, but they've not been acting very Christ-like, I pray today they would come back to you and renew their commitment, renew their faith, and begin to live for you who is willing to die for us. Give them that strength today, God. Or Lord, maybe folks have been looking for a church home. And as I shared with another couple this week, we're not a perfect church. I'm not a perfect pastor, but we serve a perfect God. And there's no fault in Christ when we look with our eyes fixed upon Jesus. Oh God, give us the strength to do what you would have us to do today. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. If you're in this place, I'm going to invite you to stand at this time. And we're going to sing a hymn of commitment. If you're watching online, it would be mine, our privilege to pray with you about your decision.
But once you come, while you have life and breath, once you come today, choose Jesus as we sing together.
Amen. Amen. Bless you. Thank you. You can be seated. And for those watching at home and didn't hear, now who was that? Who was it? That mic went out. Lindsay Bates is her name, and so grateful that she gave her life to Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for Hank and Prudence. If you all would come up here, Hank and Prudence, Prudence Yo. And so today, I'm so grateful that they come wanting to unite with this family of faith. I'm meeting with these fine folks this week as well. A great visit and got to some of their spiritual journey. And I've known Prudence for many years. And yes, since you were that big or I was that big. Yeah, <laughs> I was that big. And today, they come to unite with this family of faith. We welcome you. God has led you here. And I know we want to love and prayers. Let me know my saying. We welcome you to be seated. So thankful. You all know Chad and Shauna Hill. They were faithful to be in the back each Sunday. Uh, so grateful. Emily and Lane that are often here as well. But today, Allie comes making her public profession of faith in Christ. She prayed to receive Christ. Allie, that is the greatest decision any of us could ever make. And this is the first step of living a long life for Jesus, and she wishes to follow through the waters of baptism. Allie, we are so proud of you and know the Lord is proud. And I know you all want to pledge your love and prayers to Allie. But let it be known by saying amen. Proud of you. You can be seated. And it would be mine, our staff's privilege to talk with you and pray with you about a decision. God is doing something special. He is in control, and God is bringing new, and so we're excited. We were supposed to have about eight or nine to be baptized at the creek tonight, but we are going to reschedule. Uh, we'll get with Richard Jones from Hat Farm and, and uh, let you know whether it'll be or the weekend after, but it fit everybody's schedule. Also, Bill, when, when you're able as well, but what a great day. This, too glad you came to church today. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Two things before you leave. First of all, I'm going to invite all of you all who joined today, if you would join me out in the foyer so people can just give you welcome and Susan. You've come to stand with Lynn, and we're just so thankful for you all being here. Make sure you go through and welcome them. Second thing, this is our fifth Sunday benevolence offering. If you've come prepared and you're able, there will be ushers at the door. Feel free to, to drop off a donut. If not today, you can do it throughout the week. But thank you all for being here and for allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. We're going to stand right now. And we're going to sing a closing song. Thank you. God bless you. Remember, God loves you, and we love you too, as Bill leads us.
thank you for the great things you have done here today and for the great things that you are doing and that are still ahead. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've been walking the same